just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully all is going well with you. Today is Thursday, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's and Wednesday. I, no, it, it's Thursday. That's when the show's going to run it's for Wednesday. Christ's sake. Don, John, <laughs> Ed, let me do the fucking show, okay? You just nod your head and do what I tell you to do, for Christ's sake. We're recording it on Wednesday. You know, that's not going to work. <laughs> we recorded on Wednesday. We're playback on Thursday. People are going to hear this on Thursday. Thanks. Anyway. So it's Thursday. It's Thursday. <laughs> Do I have to fucking edit this shit out or what? what I, I won't. I won't. People need to hear. People need the transparency. Nah, uh, uh, no, but, you but, won't. But, they do. They do. And, yes. and 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 we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the election, and we may have talked about that a little bit. Uh, but but as I told you, coming into this election, I think the paradigm's going to shift with the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and the country in general. So we're in a different place than we were prior to the election. And, and we know more about what's going on. We definitely got the Senate. You had to be pretty excited about that. The Democrats, anyway, got the Senate. Oh, yeah. And I I think we both uh, we could go back and look. But um, I really we didn't get a blue wave per se, but we kind of did. If you really want to look at it, if you look at history uh, of what happens in the midterms, we really did get a blue wave. Uh, We got the Senate without losing a single seat, picking up some. And and, uh, we uh, well, well, you could say we lost one. It was one we didn't get, I guess you could say, was J.D. Vance, which, God, that, that rankles me that we didn't get that one. But but uh, also, we pretty much kept the House, or at least kept enough of it that it's going to be difficult for them to do much. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's well, also going to be difficult for us to do much. So, you know, it's still a... Well, I think the big... It wasn't a blue wave, but it was pretty good. Well, I think the big, big, big win here is that not only were people worried about the red wave or the red tsunami, but if you listen to the media and people in general, oh, we're going to lose our democracy. The democracy is going to be gone if we don't win here. And uh, those people aren't saying that anymore. Democracy isn't going to be lost because of what happened. Uh, I think anybody that thought there was going to be a, a literal blue wave was kidding themselves because that just doesn't happen in the midterms. The fact is, what did happen never happens in the midterms. So we've got the best possible outcome we could hope for in the midterm elections. We've held the Senate, maybe expand the Senate and the House. We may lose, but only by a couple of seats. And that isn't enough for the Republicans to do fucking anything. Certainly not yeah, steal uh, democracy. Is- well, uh, you know, what they're going to try to do maybe is, is just tie everything up for the next two years 
so that Biden can't do anything. They'll try to force votes on stuff that he's already done, probably without success. But it's, you know, they'll try to impeach Biden. They'll try to impeach this one, that one. They'll try to investigate this and that. Nobody's going to pay any attention to them. And it's going to be a waste of two years. That's one way to look at it. Um, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting a blue wave, and I expected it because of the abortion question. I really did expect, even though it was midterms, that a lot of the especially rotten legislators, the ones who are out there saying no exceptions for rape, incest, or whatever, that they would lose, that women would rise up and say no, no, no. You don't get to tell me what to do anymore, you rascal. You know, and I only say rascal because I didn't want to say something worse. But motherfucker, uh, like but motherfucker. That, did you want to say motherfucker? Yeah, that's good. We'll go with that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, I was disappointed, quite frankly, and and I'm mostly who I'm disappointed in is suburban white women. These are the ones who didn't step up. And I don't understand that. Well, yeah, that is kind of weird. Uh, again, we can uh, tip our hats to uh, women of color. They stepped up as they always do. Uh, but but I want to go back to what you said, you know, about the they always talked about uh, impeaching Biden, impeaching Merrick Garland, trying to do this, trying to crash the economy. I don't think any of that's going to happen. And here's why. You have two factions now in the Republican Party. You have the base that the uh, crazy ones like the Marjorie Taylor Greene or the Matt Gates, they're going to want to pull all that shit. But a large portion of the Republican Party is going to want to step away from that shit, which makes sense because they saw all that bullshit didn't work in the midterms. So they're trying to kind of rehabilitate their image, try to change what the Republican Party is. So I don't think they're going to get enough people on board to impeach anybody or crash the economy. The Republicans have a problem now. They're 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 separated, they're divided. What their plan was that they seem so confident about failed miserably. So they have to have a new tack going into 2024. They can't just block everything and do nothing for 2 years and expect to get voted in, especially with what happened in the midterms. I think this is going to open up a little more cooperation and working between the normal, relatively normal Republicans and the Democrats to get some things done. Because the Republicans need to get some work if they have any hope at all of having any viable candidate for president in 2024. You know, um, under normal circumstances, if this was 20 years ago, I'd say you were absolutely right. Uh, however, from what I have seen, uh, in large part, the Republican you're describing no longer exists. You well, have you either you either have uh, the crazies, which is about 30, 35 percent, or you have the opportunist, which is the rest of them. I don't think there's an ounce, not an ounce of integrity in the whole Republican Party. I truly don't. And I don't think you can have it and get elected. Um I really don't think there's anyone in there. I mean, even even Liz Cheney and um, um, Kinzinger, the other Kinzinger. Well, he's out. Even, now. he's out now. They're yeah, both out. He's now. gone. Well, well, they will be yeah. <clears throat> after at the end of the year. 
um, these people still voted with Donald Trump almost all the time. Well, they um, did. They even did. after, even during the committee hearings, they were still voting that way. Uh, these are not our friends. Well, Sorry. Well, no, you know, they're, they're, they're not our friends. But you said something that 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 I agree with, that they're opportunists. They yes. can go one way one minute and they will switch in the middle of the stream if there's a better opportunity. And what I'm saying here is while they may be the scum of the earth, they're not stupid. They saw what their little strategy did in the midterms and it failed miserably. So we have many people stepping away from Donald Trump. They have to do something different. I don't know if it's done out of the goodness of their heart or it just seems like an opportunity for them to get in um, good stead with the American people because they're not in good stead with American people right now. I, I'm not saying they're going to negotiate with the Democrats because they're good people. I think they're doing it because they need to separate themselves from Donald Trump. I mean, let's be honest, the people who sided with Donald Trump on the Republican side, the vast majority didn't believe a fucking thing Donald Trump believed. They just believed he would bring them votes and money. And now the midterm showed that's not going to happen. So they got to look at the next best thing to get votes and money. And that's to be as far away from Donald Trump. I'm not saying they're doing it out of out of uh, for good reasons. I'm just saying they're doing whatever the fuck they have to do to get votes. Well, but do they look at it this way? I mean, the uh, a goodly portion of the worst ones walked back into office with no problem. A lot of them had to. I mean, like for example, here my representative had someone who ran against her, a Democrat, but. Um, he did not uh, have a single commercial on the air. I saw no signs at all for him, nor did she have a commercial, nor did she have any signs out. And the reason was simple. She had an R next to her name. It was a midterm election. She knew she was going to win in a walk, so why bother? And that's, that is the House of Representatives right now, as far as the Republicans go. Most of them are so gerrymandered, the districts they're in are, is so gerrymandered, the states they're in, the Democratic Party is so whipped, the National Party won't give them any money, they won't give them any organizing help, and it's stasis. I mean, this, the House of Representatives is not going to change unless there is some sort of major upheaval, and I don't know what it's going to take. Tennessee is not going to become a democratic state tomorrow. Neither is most of these are these states. It's going to be this way. We're going to have this gridlock in the House. Now, the Senate, we did make a little bit of progress, but we're not, we're not invincible. You've still got uh, cinema and uh, what's-his-face, the West Virginia guy, the, the, quote, conservative Democrats that can torpedo a lot of stuff, like the filibuster, like expanding the court, like doing the, a lot of the things that need to be done. Uh, Roe v. Wade is not going to be codified, and it's not going to be codified because we didn't take the House. And we didn't take the House because of gerrymandering and things that, unless the Democrats get off their ass and put some money into some of these races, they will never change. Well, let me ask you that. Well, first of all, um, if we get Raphael Warnock back in, that yeah. will cancel out Joe Manchin. Right. And as far as Christian cinema, 
I think we might see a different Christian cinema in the next two years. Christian cinema is hated by the Democratic Party, fucking hated by the Democratic Party. Ruben Gallegos is already set to run in a primary against her, who's sitting in the House of Representatives. He's ripping her apart. Something has to happen with cinema if she hopes against hope that she's going to get voted in. She maybe have to be more malleable uh, in the in the next two years. I don't know for sure, but she's not fucking safe. She is done. And with regards to the people that you're saying that are locked in and they don't have to change, they can continue to do this. Well, they're seeing they're, they're being initiated into the idea that people don't like abortion. People don't like shutting down the country. Those people that may be safe in their seats have to look a step farther. The focus is going to be on 2024 and the presidential election. And while they might be safe, any candidate they put up in 2024 won't be safe on a national level. Things have to change for the Republicans. Otherwise, they're going to be shut out of the presidential election every fucking time, which would be nice. But they have to change in order to fit. When was the last time they won one fairly? There, I can't even tell you. I guess it was Reagan, maybe George Bush the first. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Because uh, George I'm not Bush even the sure second. about George Bush the first if he won the popular that, vote. I'm not sure on that one. I know, I know it was touch and go with Bush. I mean, with uh, W. But uh, uh, Trump certainly didn't win the popular vote, and. Uh, um, so they, they really haven't won a presidential election in a long, long time. No, they haven't won a presidential election. And frankly, they were stupefied by the fact that all these millennials and Gen Z stepped up and stepped out and voted. They're upset about this. I mean, some people have even said, oh, we should raise the voting age. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, how about we do that when we raise the, uh, the, the, the age to buy an AR-15 from 18 to 21? You know, you, you can't have one without the fucking other. You can't tell us these kids can't vote and then say, yeah, but you can carry a semi-automatic weapon into a school and do whatever the fuck you want. It's just, it's it's so ridiculous. And that, of course, isn't going to happen. They aren't going to raise the voting age. But I'm very proud to see the millennials and the Gen Z step up. They understand what's at stake here. You got a bunch of old white people deciding their future. And they ain't fucking having it. No, and and I'm very pleased about that because, and and, and I attribute this, and I think this is one reason that Republicans wanted to destroy uh, public education, is I I really do believe that uh, um, these younger people, these younger voters, are the result of public education that put Black kids, white kids, Asian kids, Puerto Rican kids, kids of all stripes together. They all became friends. They, they're they not afraid of one another. They don't see each other as anything different. And, you know, certain sections of the country, that's not true. But overall, overall, I think it is. I think it, we're closer to that melting pot with the young people than we have ever been. And that's a, that's a really good thing. You know, as far as the voting aids go, yeah, I saw that immediately. A couple of these crackpot Republicans, we we should raise the age to 21. Well, that that just, see, I when I was uh, 18, I could not vote. Right. As a matter of fact, the first time I was able to vote, um, 
let's see, how old was I? Probably 24, 23 or 24. Because of the way my birthday falls, it falls like the day before election day. Oh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, so uh, it, uh, I, I couldn't vote at 18. I couldn't vote at 19. I couldn't vote at 20. And I just barely uh, missed voting at 21. But uh, anyway, it, uh, it, the reason that we changed it was because we were sending all of these kids off to Vietnam at the age of 18, and they can't even vote. So everybody said, that's not fair. If they're old enough to carry a gun for their country and get killed, they're old enough to vote. That's never going to change back. I'm seeing there's your argument right there. It's never going to change back. The Republicans are always, oh, we love our military, but we're not going to let them vote. No, that doesn't that doesn't fly. That Sorry. doesn't make it. Well, they even said back then, didn't they? Didn't they switch the drinking age to eighteen? And they go, well, that's not yeah. working out very well. And then a lot of people went back to twenty-one. You know, some went to nineteen and stuff. But if, if you're going to expect these kids to fight and serve our country, they should have the, at the very least, the opportunity to vote. And I'm glad to see that that young people are being active i mean this this country is in the condition it is because of our generation essentially being apathetic well whatever's going to happen is going to happen the thing is we've never really seen something this excessive in government that we saw with donald trump so a lot of people were apathetic and it just slowly loosened up and loosened up until some crazy fuck got in and decided to do whatever the hell he wanted. Then we find out there's really nothing to stop him. Our judicial system and the norms in our government have no fucking teeth. One person decides to break the rules and everybody's standing there going like, oh, what, what the fuck do we do now? Yeah. You know, and, and gridlock, I mean, he should have been impeached. He was, Well, he was impeached twice. He should have been removed the first time. Then we wouldn't have had to worry about it. Uh, the, they proved their case. There was Russian collusion. He was involved. There's no doubt about it. But the uh, there were enough Republican senators that we could not get a conviction on him and could not have him removed. I, cowardly and um, party focused not country focused and uh, there you have it you we thought that we had something that we could deal with guys like this turns out you're right we didn't because yeah. like i said before there is no integrity in the republican party period no, no there isn't um not in the senate not in the house now, of course, Donald Trump uh, had put on his little dog and pony show down at Mar-a-Lago and decided to announce he's running for president. Interesting thing about this announcement, this is the absolute earliest any candidate has announced to run for the presidency in the history of this country, two years in advance. And most people don't announce two years in advance because things, a lot of things change in two years. And uh, as Donald Trump, right. Donald Trump has said of other people, I'm going to say, Donald Trump's going to be going through some things. I don't think he's going to be available in 2024. And while the Democrats may be happy about it, I happen to think that the Republicans are even happier, happier about that prospect. Well, I, I, I would agree with you a thousand percent. Probably the guy that's most happy about it is Ron DeSantis, because he, in contrast, he's going to get a lot more attention than he would have otherwise, because he hasn't announced 
but everybody is announced for him, right? so to right. speak. We have senators saying he's the leader of the Republican Party now just because he won an, erect, an election, which is uh, is stupid. But they're saying it, and that that's where they're they're focused. Now we all know why he's doing it. He's thinking that somehow or other he can twist it into something where they can't charge him because he's running for president. Well, right. that doesn't work. I don't know if he hasn't figured that out yet, or he's just shooting blind because he's got nothing else. I, I'm not sure. I think that's but, it. Uh, I, I think I, what. I, yeah, I think he he knows people around him know it's not going to work. But what else does he have? He's just trying to do something to to confuse the narrative so he can find some space to create some chaos. But it's a long shot for him. He even knows that. Yeah, and uh, the other thing was, I think he was caught by surprise. I think he really was expecting a red wave. He really was expecting expecting because you know everybody was saying it here it comes here it comes and uh, he's going great i'll announce and i can take credit for it right Right, exactly well turns out it didn't happen and he's got nothing to take credit for but uh a lot of his people were telling him don't do it don't do it you're going to lose georgia for us but he goes ahead because he's donald trump that's not going to win him a lot of friends yeah i mean i was talking about on the podcast yesterday he thought there was going to be a red wave, and then he, two day, a few days later, would be able to announce as this conquering hero and take all the credit for it. And he'd, he'd stir everything up, and the indictment wouldn't come. I mean, he, he had delusions of grandeur in his mind. But when there was no red wave, any normal person would say, yeah, you know, this is probably embarrassing for me to go up and, and, and announce that I'm running for president. So maybe I won't do that. But those are the times that Donald Trump says, fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm going to double down. I'm better than this. I'm better than everybody. So we're just going to let it fly. And it turned out that that announcement was pretty lackluster. They made him stay on, on script, which is always bad news for Donald Trump. You know, he's used to going off script, ranting and raving and looking like an idiot. I mean, that's not to say he didn't look like an idiot when when he did the did the announcement. But Donald Trump is trying too hard and it's not fucking working. Yeah. And the the, the funny thing was, um, well, there was there was a lot funny about it, but he rambled on anyway for way too long for that sort of thing. He managed to tell at least five blatant lies, which were easily fact-checked, and most people fact-checked him right afterward. None of the networks carried it except, uh, I don't know, did Fox carry it? I don't even think they carried it. But um, Fox you know, carried lies. it. Fox carried it, but cut it off early because it was fucking okay. boring. Exactly. Okay. Well, my favorite thing of all of this was the uh, the New York Post, which yeah. is a Murdoch newspaper this morning, had a banner at the bottom that said, Florida man makes announcement, see page 26. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> which I, is perfect. That is per- perfect. Because we know Donald Trump reads the New York Post, and that's yes. basically Rupert Murdoch saying, uh, Donald, <clears throat> I don't really like you like that anymore they've bailed fox news rupert murdoch have bailed on him yeah we're breaking up we're breaking up rupert murdoch has even said that if donald trump runs he'd even probably support a democrat so he's lost fox news yeah new york post and all of rupert murdoch's um 
kingdom of fucking media. And, and, and that's the thing. People are stepping away from him. He's trying to, he, Donald Trump is right now kind of like that guy who was going out with this girl and the girl breaks up with him. But the guy still keeps yeah. trying hard, buying her gifts, calling her all the time. And they're going, fuck, just leave me alone. And that's the way it's yeah. going to go with Donald Trump with the Republican Party here in the next six months. Yeah, I think we need to start seeing other people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's me. Yes. It's me. It's no, actually, you. it is. It is actually you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don, Donnie's uh, Donnie's grabbing at straws here he's 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 thinking he can fake it till he makes it and he's been able to do that up to this point but he made the mistake of showing the republican party that now he's a liability not an asset he's virtually useless useless to to the republican party he was he felt they felt like he was bringing votes and money and now he's not doing either and if he's not doing either, there is no loyalty among thieves, so they'll kick him to the curb, which is pretty much what they've done. Well, I had a low moment this morning, and I need you to talk me out of it. Okay. Okay. Because okay. uh, I'm, I'm looking and I'm seeing, okay, well, we took the Senate. That's great. Right. But, and and it looks like we might even have a little extra there so that, you know, we can, we can pretty much do what we want to in the Senate. But with right. the House... We're not going to get shit done. We're not going to codify Roe v. Wade. We're not going to do, you know, the other things we wanted to do, probably. And I got to thinking, what if the oligarchs, the people that really run the country, maybe they do this on purpose. Maybe they they let us win a little bit. They They let us win enough that it looks like we have some control. But really, by keeping hold to the, the House, by managing to do that, that really that we're not going to we're going to be stymied for two years, like like for Obama's second term when he lost uh, uh, Congress. Uh, he wasn't able to really get anything done after that. You know, he was a good figure. He did what he could do. But by and large, um, unless there were a few little things that uh, that he was able to get done, but he wasn't getting getting his judges through. So they had to they had to go to the nuclear option, meaning lowering the threshold for, for judges, which allowed Mitch McConnell then to get his people into the, the Supreme Court, which was not a good thing. So yeah. overall, it, I just started feeling like, you know, maybe we're being a little manipulated here. Maybe it's too late. Maybe we're around the bend. Maybe the oligarchs already took over so much that, they're controlling the media. We know that. I mean, that that whole red wave thing was a media circus that it, they all latched on onto it. There was never anything to it. They used bogus polls uh, to steer it and so forth. And and, and 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 I'm just really disgusted with the news media, all of them, well, the for, news for being so manipulated. Yeah. Well, well, you're kind of yeah. a doubt. I mean, kind, it's you're... it's just it's pitiful. You're kind of a downer, Ed. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I know, get it. A lot, I know. Of, a lot of people uh, think but this. But you got to talk me out of it. I'll talk you out of it. You know, I, I've told people one thing I learned about when you're going into a fight, you never assume you're going to lose, or or assume that 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 
it's not working for you. You got to assume you're going to win. And I look at things from that perspective and maybe I'm pie in the sky, but I don't, I don't think so. I didn't think there was going to be a red wave. I said that before I said we would win the house and the Senate. Well, we won the Senate and it's very close on the house. I may miss on saying that the house won, but I'm fucking tons closer than CNN, MSNBC, Fox, or any of those motherfuckers. At least I was closer than that. I really honestly believe that this was an awakening for the Republican Party. It took something to shake them up to separate themselves from Donald Trump. As long as Donald Trump is delivering votes and money, they're going to stand by him no matter how crazy and how corrupt and how criminal he's going to be. That moment at the midterms, they've made that separation. Of course, not all of them. There's the base, the crazy fucks that will stand by him no matter what. They will go over the cliff like lemmings with Donald Trump. That goes without saying. But the Republican Party is in a bit of disarray now. They're in a chaotic state. They don't know what the fuck to do. I like the fact that when they walked into the midterms that they got blindsided. They were so stupid to think that they had this thing dicked, and then they were blindsided. So now they have to look at this totally different. I think you're going to see, and I said this before, I think you're going to see life in the House a little different than what we've seen it at this point. I mean, for eight or nine years, the Republicans have uh, uh, done nothing. Uh, They lost in 2018. They lost in 2020. They've now lost in 2022. And they're breaking their ties to Donald Trump. At least some of them are. And they are going to have to do something different if they hope to have any hopes in 2024 with the presidential elections, Senate elections. They've got to change this up. It's not just saying, oh, we're going to do things a little different. They've got to literally separate themselves from Donald Trump because Donald Trump is a fucking anchor. So in order to do that, there might be some more agreement. You know, there's still going to be Republicans and Democrats, but more agreement to work on things together. I mean, fuck, um, uh, Kevin McCarthy is going to a Democratic fucking member of the House trying to get him to vote for him for Speaker of the House because he can't get enough Republicans to do it. I mean, they may not even have a Speaker of the House for the first six months because they can't get anybody voted in. There isn't enough people. You know, they talk. Kevin McCarthy needs 218 votes. Well, you know, votes. you know, the Democrats should have gone to. Yeah. No, no, no way. And, uh, you know, this points up something. Everybody, all of the Republicans hate Nancy Pelosi. I mean, you know, this yeah. is she gets more ire than uh, than Biden did, you know, or does. And uh, the reason is, is because she's so effective. Yeah. She has the same problem McCarthy does with AOC and the squad and, and, and the, the, the uh, progressives, right? Right, right. That they are, they don't always sign on to the initiatives, uh, the initiatives that she wants and she has to finesse. She has to work with them. She has to do that. She's able to do that. McCarthy cannot do that. He's going to find himself the same way that Boehner did the same way that Paul Ryan did. He's going to have this group of crazies, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the right. Matt Gates, the you know the ones, the ones that ask for pardons. Right, for right, right, exactly. They are never going to anoint him, and they're never going to work with him. 
you know, they're the ones that are going to want all these impeachments and investigations and all of that. And and just one sideline, the one thing that we did lose by losing the House, assuming that we do, there's still hope, I think, but not much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the January 6th committee is done. You know, that that I mean, it it will be done at the end of the year. At the end of the session, the committee will be done. They won't renew it. So uh, what is done, they need to get done. I, I want to bring something up about that because I heard something on MSNBC from a gentleman that uh, I respect a lot. He is a former solicitor general. His name is Neil Capdell. And he made an interesting point. And everybody says that if the Republicans take the House, um, the January 6th committee will be shut down. Maybe they won't. But it could be moved. It could be moved to the Senate. It could be moved to the Senate. Or think about this. We've got a percentage, a pretty good percentage of the people in the Republican Party that want to be done with Donald Trump. Right. Maybe maybe they would continue it in it. But but I, I think I think the January sixth committee had already come to the concept of thinking they were going to lose the house anyway, that they were going to end this on uh, by January 1st or January in that area. I think they plan to do it. They've done enough stuff. And, and, and let's be honest, the action isn't going to come out of the January 6th committee. All they're doing is exposing information. The real action is going to come out of the DOJ and it doesn't matter who's in the fucking house of representatives once it's with the DOJ. So if the J6 committee goes yeah, I away, think it's, it- it's probably, I think that's probably a good thing because I'm starting to see a little friction between Cheney and some of the other members. Yeah. She doesn't want to impact the Republican Party. She only wants to impact Trump. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think there would be some problems with it continuing anyway, as far as focus goes and so forth. The thing that has to happen, and it should happen, I was I was hoping it would happen this week, is that Mary Garland has to get out the pot. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. He's got to finally fucking do something. It's not but, like uh, it's not like there isn't evidence. There's absolute evidence. Oh yeah, I mean they could they could not. Uh, shoot, there's so many things they got this guy on. You know, yeah. um, well, there's Fonnie Willis the too. Easiest one. Oh yeah, there's and um, there's also oh, the. I mean, the best one probably is the the Georgia probe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they just had the the, the governor in there uh, testifying. Right. They just uh, had Cassidy Hutchinson hours. too. They had Cassidy right. Hutchinson too, and they're going to get Michael yeah. Flynn in there. Yeah. So, you know, this is all going to this is all going to make a difference. But we have to see an indictment that would that would just really counter what happened yesterday with the announcement. I'm running for president. You're indicted. You know, I mean, that's got to have an impact of some sort. Right. Because then the Republicans have to either rally to him. Or they have to rally away from him, right? Which right. you think they're going to do? Well, yeah, they're going to they're going to run like hell from him. It, just him announcing that he's running for president. This puts Republicans in a bad spot. Now every reporter is going to come yep. up to every Republican and say, "Do you support Donald Trump?" 
and they won't know what to fucking say. Yeah. Because it's not good if they do support him, but they might get their ass handed to him by Donald Trump if they say they're not supporting him. So they're in a tight spot. It was a Donald Trump deciding to announce for the presidency was probably the absolute worst thing for the Republicans and the best thing for the Democrats, because he's going to just add to that already divided party and make it even weaker. I think the Republicans have a lot of problems in upcoming elections because they just became a weaker entity because they are so divided. Absolutely. I think I heard a collective groan arise the moment that he announced uh, that he was running uh, from the Republicans all across the country. Um, There's still he still has his loyalists, the crazies that follow him around to the rallies and that sort of thing. They're never going to go away. I mean, Nixon still has supporters. You know, I mean, Roger Stone has him tattooed on his back. You know, I mean, uh, they never change. No, hell no. They just, you know, you know. So, uh, but if if Trump is indicted, they have to choose. They have to say, this is terrible, this is awful, it shouldn't be happening, or, uh, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you know, one of, one, make your choice. one of the other things I hear a lot, and see what you think about this, um, you know, everybody's worried about Ron DeSantis now. Trump, too, he's going to run for president, he'll win the presidency, and I don't see that happening. I mean, if you're going to tell me that the midterms happen solely because of Donald Trump, and now Ron DeSantis is picking up the mantle and he'll win in place of Donald Trump because he's a fresher, more better liked candidate. I, I don't buy that because I don't think the midterms were lost by the Republicans solely because of Donald Trump. I mean, ultimately, he was uh, responsible, but I think overturning Roe v. Wade, marginalizing LGBTQ, burning books, fucking uh, uh, um, um saying you're going to take away Social Security and all this shit. I think that had as much to do with it. And while Ron DeSantis might be a fresher version of Donald Trump, he supports all that shit, and that's not going to win him election. Midterms prove that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the Republicans have have painted themselves into the corner of please your base or please everybody else. Right. I mean, uh, and by their base, I don't mean the crazies who run around with with flags and that kind of crap. I'm, their base is really corporate. The people who give them the money to pay for the ads and all of that. Once they turn away, when they look at a Republican Party and say, well, we agree with all of what you're doing, but you can't win. We'll take our chances with Democrats. We'll fund a bunch of them and see if we can't finesse stuff. You know, it's harder to work with Democrats, but you guys ain't going to be able to do anything. I mean, Ron DeSantis is not that much different than Trump. He's very unlikable. He's one of these, you know, the, the, the they want to be the strong man thing, right? right, right. You know, uh, and that that's where he is. You know, he's, you know, he's antagonizing Disney. He's antagonizing all of the people that uh, he feels are marginal. You know, LGBTQ, uh, anybody who's uh, who who doesn't have a lot of power, those are going to be the people that he goes after and so forth. But that's the same thing that ripped Trump 
Right. I mean, it was the it was the young people going, no, we don't believe that crap. You know, they don't believe it for DeSantis any more than they do for Trump. The, the Republicans and and if we jump back to the election against Biden, uh, by the midsummer, the uh, the real polls, the ones that people like uh, uh, McConnell and others pay attention to that are done by serious pollsters, not these uh, right. push poll morons. They were saying Donald Trump's going to lose. I mean, Mitch McConnell knew by August that Donald Trump didn't have a chance in hell. So did Donald Trump. That's why he kept saying, could you believe I'm losing to this moron? You know, I mean, yeah. they knew he was going to, and that's why he made all these plans to try to hold on, right? right. Because he knew he was going to lose, and he was going to lose for one reason. People didn't like him, and they still don't. Yeah. Most Americans do not like Donald Trump. They may have, like, I have a relative who, who says, I, I can't stand him, but he's good for me because of the economic strata that he's in, right? He yeah, got and a that, big tax cut. You know, you and I didn't. Right. And that doesn't even make sense. I mean, as much as it may be good for you, you got to see what's good for the country. And if it destroys the country and you have a small gain up front, you got to have enough foresight to see what what is the better choice. But it's amazing to me, even people with less money than you and I are supporting these fucks. I, I sat down with a, a former partner of mine and uh, his brother and his staff and stuff, and we didn't talk much about politics because they know me. And they know as once you whip this fucker up, it's not going to be pleasant. So they really didn't do it. But I walk in there and he's got this, this on his desk. He's got <laughs> Donald Trump's art of the deal books posted prominently. <laughs> and I, I said to him, I said, did, do you have any books that Donald Trump actually wrote? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, you write that fucking book. The guy who wrote it is out speaking against him. He says, we, we don't need to talk about Trump. And I said, I don't need to talk about Trump. I just, I can't imagine somebody who I know is a, a, a reasonable amount of intelligence hasn't seen all that's gone to come to pass and not made a different decision on, uh, Donald Trump. I said, this might explain why we are no longer partners. Some of our choices aren't exactly the best. <laughs> and, uh, you know, fortunately, yeah. I know him well enough so I can give him shit like that. But it's, it's just amazing to me that people can still follow this fucking clown after disaster, after disaster, after failure, after failure. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back.
We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. I have Ed with me today, and we're talking about all the things that are happening in our government and in current news and that sort of thing. Uh, it's been a shit show this week because of the election and all the things that are happening and the culmination of what's going on. We're waiting for the House to see who's going to control that. It looks like it'll be the Republicans, but only by a short bit. The thing that everybody's going to be focused on right now, Ed, is 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 Georgia and that runoff Senate race that's going to be coming up December 6th. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think we're going to see a little different uh, election in this runoff than we did in the actual election uh, during the midterms. It was close. Warnock beat him, but neither were able to come up with 50 percent, largely due to a libertarian in there taking 2 percent. Um, but. I think now that we're able to focus on one particular race and two particular candidates, that's not going to work out well for um, Herschel Walker. He has more time to fuck up and more things to be exposed. And the fact that the Republicans essentially lost the midterms is not going to help him. The fact that Donald Trump announced for the presidency not going to help him. I'm hoping against hope Donald Trump gets down to Georgia and starts uh, campaigning for Herschel Walker. That would be a help to the Democrats, too. I just, I'm feeling pretty good about Warnock winning in Georgia. I'm feeling pretty good about it, too. I hope we don't get too overconfident. Of course, we can't vote, but I, I hope the Georgia Democrats don't get too overconfident and they get their butts back out there and vote again. I know it's yeah. a pain. Right. I understand that. But um, it was better than it was last time as far as the waiting lines and so forth. I think uh, they got it down to pretty much reasonable. I, I'm not going to say it was great everywhere. Right. But it looked like it was a little bit better. Um, I noticed a little bit of trouble. It seems that um, there's some friction between the Walker camp and the Trump camp and that Trump is out there raising money, but it ain't going <laughs> to. <laughs> to Walker, he's yeah, I heard money off Walker's name, but he's not giving it to Walker. Well, he is giving some of it. It's it's typical, but not all. No, yeah. no, he's 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 putting ads out there saying, "Help us support Herschel Walker. We got to win in Georgia." But when you put the money in, say you put a hundred dollars uh, to help Herschel Walker, first ninety of those dollars goes to Donald Trump, and then Herschel Walker. Yeah gets 10 bucks and you know this strikes me as a little racist in its own right it's what white <laughs> exactly. people have been doing to uh people of color for years like in the music industry you make the hit records you have the talent but the record company's getting all the fucking money that's exactly what donald trump is doing yeah and i mean he's been ripping up his own followers for well ever since he started doing this you know right. where you you give him a hundred bucks in the fine print, it says you're going to do this every month, you know, and, and you don't notice at first. And then, but anyway, uh, that's beside the point. But yeah, I think that uh, that could cause a little friction, and uh, we'll see what what happens with that. Um, it boggles my mind that anybody would vote for a libertarian candidate under those circumstances. I mean, you have to be either stupid or really pissed off. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't get it. Why would you vote? Why would you give 2% for a person who definitely is not going to win? You know, and um, 
if you're a Republican voting for him, you're cutting your own throat. You know, right. so I don't know. I don't get it. But uh, um, whatever it takes for Warnock to win, I'm for. Whatever it takes for Walker to lose, I'm for that too. Absolutely. Well, I just I just see a news news report here. I assume this was going to happen. It says Mitch McConnell will remain Senate GOP leader, fending off a challenge by Rick Scott amid divisions within the party and disappointing midterms. So, I mean, if you want a perfect example of the lesser of two evils, believe it or not, Mitch McConnell is the lesser yeah. of two evils. He's an evil motherfucker, but uh, Rick Scott is evil and fucking stupid. You know, he's the one with 11-point yeah. plan, taking away Medicare and and Social Security and all that shit. Yeah, now Mitch may very well go along with that, but he's not going to come out and say it. He's not stupid. Right. You know, he's already said nobody's going to mess with Medicare and uh, Social Security. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it. He said that. Right. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows? You know, I mean, he's a politician. And uh, even on the good ones, the truth is not always in what they say. You know, but at any rate, well, I, th- um, I, think Mitch, I, I think Mitch McConnell was kind of forced into a situation. All this stuff that happened with Donald Trump, he knew was stupid and he didn't want yeah. to go along with it. But everybody else was going along with it. The tide was going that way. So he was kind of forced into it. And I think he had a certain amount of distaste for the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I don't think I think really. And I could be wrong on this, but I do have a certain sense of it, that McConnell has been working against Trump from day one. Oh, yeah. That he is yeah. he's never he always saw it ending in disaster for the Republican Party because he could not be controlled. And Mitch is nothing if not about control. That's what he has always been about. That's what he will always be about. And uh, and, and having any sort of maverick like that is not something that he will tolerate for long no definitely not now now of course mitch mcconnell will be the minority leader in the senate so his power is limited but i think the good news here is is kind of go back what i said before the republicans are going to have to change their stripes so to speak and, and and actually get some things done and we know that joe biden and mitch mcconnell have they, they probably never agreed on anything politically but they've known each other for years they know what kind, what what commodity they're dealing with in each other, and if there is a possibility of negotiating something out, those two probably could do it because of their their, their long time relationship. I mean, let's be honest. I would even. Well, they they I, talked about crashing the fucking economy several times before, but Mitch McConnell has helped to save it because right. he knows fucking better. Well, he understands how it works. I mean, both he and Biden have been there for 30, 40 years. They understand how the system works. You, it, We run on debt, okay? Right, right. You balance, you're never going to balance the budget. It can't be done. You know, I mean, you could do it, but then you, all you can do is maybe fund defense to a certain extent or something like that. There just is enough money in the world to do everything that we have to do and pay the bills on time, right? It just right. It, it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. You either have to have taxes so high that everybody's pissed, or uh, you have to uh, float float some stuff, which is what they do. And uh, well, that's a big I, I balancing act. 
Yeah, running the right. country is a big exactly. balancing act. It's never perfect. It's never right. We're never fully in the black and just riding high. That's never going to happen. No, and um, I, I have heard some th- things for, you know, the social agenda that people are saying, well, it doesn't have to originate in the house if there's no money attached to it. Right. So things like um, perhaps same-sex marriage and so forth like that could be introduced in the Senate. And I did hear something fairly positive this morning that the Mormon church is now supporting same-sex marriage. That surprises me. Is that because, a surprise to you? Well, you know, I, I only know a little mm-hmm. bit about the Mormon church. And, and the, well, my, they, ex, my experience was when I lived in Arizona 40 years ago, and it was in a completely Mormon town. And frankly, I thought the Mormons a little fucking freaky, freaky a little culty. Uh, but yeah. Them doing this, I, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, too. I saw it this morning, and I haven't got into the details on it or exactly, you know, uh, what spurred this. But they, they do seem to be uh, uh, supporting that as, as a measure and that they would continue to do so. So that's great. Well, and the thing is, is it, it, we, we've seen it throughout the years, throughout the decades, uh, there's many people that want to keep it in the olden days. In fact, the Republicans want to send women back to the fifties, but eventually the push is so much that people have to adjust. The Catholic church has had to adjust over the years. They've had to open up and, and make things possible that they never thought they would do. So that's what I'm saying. Well, we're at a, we're at a kind of pivot point, um, it's real easy to say we're right, we're right, but when the country has said no, you're fucking wrong, then you got to change it up. And I think the Mormon, yeah. the, the the Mormon Church is probably in that same situation. They're losing people because they are, you know, my experience with the Mormon Church: little racist, little anti-LGBTQ, and a little culty. That's just my personal opinion. They all were very nice to me. But they were all trying to convert me, and yeah. uh, that didn't work. But um, we, we're we're going to see some changing times, I think, in the next couple of years. People are going to have yeah, to adjust. Well, when it comes to religion, I'm I'm very much of the opinion that, that there's there's little different. And what differences they are, there are amongst the religion is uh, is uh, uh, what's the old saying. Uh, well, let's just put it this way. There's not much difference. I mean, uh, they tend to be. Uh... Well, if you put the Catholics and the Mormons together, and I, I don't mean this as a put down for either side, they are no. similar in some respects. I mean, I think Mormons are more extreme and uh, more openly racist to some extent, but they both have the same. Uh, most religions have the same thing where. If you're not one of us, you're going to hell. The Catholics yeah, do it. The Mormons it. do it. All kinds of religions do that. And and uh, that's the troubling thing. It's like if you aren't in our group, you're nobody. And that's what the Republicans yeah, kind of done. That's, that's, that's I think, why there's such a, a kind of symbiotic relationship between the Republican Party and religion in general. And, and the phrase I was looking for, the difference is, is in degree, not in kind meaning right. they're all pretty much the same, but some are more intense about it than others in, in certain ways. They all subjugate women to a certain degree, Christian, right. 
Muslim, you name it. They all sublimate women to a certain degree and think that they should be second-class citizens and follow their husband, whatever their husbands say. That 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 is all religions. I can't think. Well, I don't know about Buddhists on that, you know. But I know people who practice Buddhism. I see some of the guys are pretty much that way. Regardless, I mean, the misogyny runs deep in men. Period. Right. You know, right. it's something you have to work against. You know, and and see, find within yourself, and 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 rip it out, and hopefully you can do that. But at the same time. Even within women themselves, there's a certain amount of misogyny. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. That absolutely. kind of explains that the 27 percent of uh, you know white women who vote uh, against their own interests. You so, know, for a guy who's been uh, married 39 yeah. years, I could use a little sublimation of women, like once a week, maybe once a month. I'm tired of getting pounded on, but. <laughs> but 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 you're right, and you know a lot of that does come from the Bible. The Bible will suggest, um, you know, that women are subservient. And I'm not a, a theologian, so I can't quote verses or anything like that. But but that really had more to do with the times, and it had more. It's to cultural, do with... not it's cultural. Period. Right. You know, in all of it, it, it's cultural. I mean, the root of the three major religions, Western religions, of course, or, well, the three major religions, uh, Christianity and uh, uh, Judaism and uh, uh, Muslim, they all come from the same source and, and they're all misogynistic. Sorry, they are. You know, it goes back to Adam and Eve. Yeah. Blame it. Eve for the whole thing. And these are simple, yeah. real people, by yeah. the way. But, but uh, I mean, Eve and Pandora, and uh, there's a thousand other myths where the woman always takes the fall. It's right. always her fault, right. you know, and uh, which is which is garbage. You well, know, it, it always has been, and it's just not right. realistic. You know, with my wife, she's never at fault. So, what are the odds that Eve <laughs> and Pandora would be at fault, and my wife has 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 uh, uh, mastered it, so she's never at fault. I don't, it's yeah, amazing. It's truly amazing. <laughs> well, you know, do, do you think, do you think the religion w with the midterms, the way they're going and the split in the Republican party, you got the Trump and you've got the evangelicals, but they're becoming weaker. They're becoming less and less important. Do you think we'll ever get religion out of politics completely? I mean, it's not so much in de with the Democrats, but the Republicans in the last 10 years, religion has pretty much dominated that party. Yeah. And uh, I, I think there's two things there going on. Number one is Christian nationalism where they, that there's been this turn in the evangelical community, especially where they want to be in charge. They've right. got what they think is new revelations that, that tells them that they have to take, charge before jesus can come back that's that's their whole thing right so they right. became very political because of that uh the republicans going oh wow a base of people with money who will go out and work for us great we'll bring them in right. you know so it's it it's it's kind of you know it, it works for both of them um i don't think you'll ever get it out of politics because it's always been there and it always will be uh to some extent I, I just wish that what we could do is for everyone who is religious, I don't care if you're Christian or Muslim or whatever, and say, this is my religion for me. 
I can't make you believe what I do. I will act according to what I believe. I don't believe abortion uh, in abortion, so I won't get one. Right. You know, right. But whether you do or not, that's between you and your God or no God, whatever. But it's not up to me to tell you what to do with your body or your money or whatever. You know, it's uh, because of religious reasons. If uh, if we get together and hammer out the Constitution and we come up with laws and so forth that says you have to pay a certain amount of taxes on your property every year. OK, great. That's fine. We decided that as a group. But uh, to, for, you, for you to tell me that I have to uh, uh, not eat meat on Fridays or whatever, I don't think that's still around. But, you know, it used to be. And when I was in school, we had fish sticks on Friday. And uh, I hated them. And it yeah, pissed me suck. off big time. They suck. <laughs> you know, but we still had them. And it was because, and we didn't even have any Catholics. <laughs> so no. I don't know what the deal was with that. But it was, uh, you know, I guess in the state of Tennessee, there were some. Yeah. And that was why, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, these are all cultural things that should be to you specifically and not to be something you think you can force on everybody else. You know, uh, it's like, uh, go ahead. No, there, 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 there's a saying about if we don't understand history, there is a uh, um, we're doomed to repeat it. And this is kind of taking yeah. off the religious part, but actually adding to it. I want to give uh, a tip to you if you haven't listened to it already. And a tip to the listeners of the Rational Boomer podcast. There's another podcast out there called Ultra by Ra Rachel Maddow. And oh, yeah. I'm I gotta, waiting until it's done so I can binge it. I got I got to tell you, I learned a lot from this shit. I've, I've listened to a few shows. And what happened in this country with religion and the attempted coups and all that stuff also happened in 1940. And it was also yep. attempted to be covered up and kind of hidden away by the government back then it was it's an intriguing story and it's well worth listening to and of course rachel maddow's very good at what she does and i listen to audiobooks and podcasts all the time so this is right up my alley and it's it's truly fucking amazing that how this very thing happened 80 years ago and now we're just yeah, repeating I'm, it i was aware of a lot of it because i had the same kind of uh I, I picked up things here and there and here and there. So I went and looked into them and said, oh, okay, I didn't know that, you know, but uh, it, I think most people will be shocked to know how close we came uh, back then to becoming basically a vassal of Germany in a sense. I mean, in the, in that the politics were very similar. Right. And, and, and the thing about it is it all started the same way and they tried to do the same way to cover it up. Oh, it's just a few crazies. It's not important. That's not yeah. really going to happen. But when you talk about uh, Hitler of the era and, and Germany, there were people in this country that supported Hitler. There were people like Lindbergh, people like George H.W. Yeah. Bush's grandfather or father, whoever the fuck it was. There were a lot of Americans that were supporting fascism and wanted to see it come into this country 80 years ago yeah henry ford dupont you know a lot of the big industrial stuff this was just great yeah you know because they, they were going to make money and, uh, and they were going to be in control exactly and, i mean it's no different than what putin's got going in russia 
I mean, people who think of Russia as a communist country are just silly. That hasn't been going on for a long time now. It's it's a kleptocracy run by oligarchs with that in collusion with Trump. He lets them do their thing. They give him some money and let him do his thing. But it, it's got nothing to do with communism, folks, and it hasn't been a long, long time. Well, and it's interesting. When we talked about the midterms, one of the things that frustrates me the most is that people like Putin and Saudi Arabia did certain things leading up to the midterms, hopefully to help the Republicans, you know, with raising or cutting cutting oil production in Saudi Arabia. They didn't do I mean, they did it because they're greedy, but they also did it to try to to affect the Democrats. And then, of course, Putin, with all the things he's doing, he's trying to support the Republican Party. But now that none of that worked, now that the midterms were a failure, do the do the foreign countries also step back from Donald Trump, too? I mean, you would hope they were. He's really of of no factor to them. He's no help to them. They aren't going to say, well, he's our buddy. We're going to still stick with him. They don't fucking care about that. All they care about is is uh, some inroads into this country so they can fuck with us. Uh, let me put it this way. If I were Jared Kushner, I'd be, uh, I'd be very jealous of that $2 billion they gave me because they can pull it back any time, and I think they will. I think that was uh, just a gesture that uh, I think the whole Trump family is going to be in a world of hurt financially real soon. Well, absolutely. You know, and and, and I talked about this in the podcast uh, yesterday is that for Donald Trump to announce that he's running for president, that is absolutely a desperation move because a couple of things happen once he announces he's going to run for president and it's taken money out of his pocket. Everybody's saying, well, he's just going to use it to grift more money. Well, that's not exactly right. He's actually going to lose money. The moment he announced for the presidency, the Republican Party stops all payments of his legal fees. That's that's yep. a given. He's stopping all payments on legal fees. And then when he announces, now he can't just pocket the money he's collecting. Now now he has to account for it. There has to be some accountability to how he's using this money. And people will say, well, he doesn't care. He'll just he'll just uh ignore the laws and do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, he probably will, but right now he's under a microscope. And he has enough fucking problems right now without having to uh, be impacted by campaign finance problems. Yeah, this is this is absolutely true. I did see he has a new hotel going up in the United Arab Emirates, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So there's something still going on there. But uh, I think they'll all uh, dump him. I think if Putin hasn't already, um, he certainly will, I, unless... Unless, you know, he still, he really does have the P tape or whatever. He has enough influence that he could make Donald fall on his sword or something for him. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But uh, it wouldn't yeah, be surprising. If he, in, if he loses influence here, he loses it everywhere. Yeah. And, and I think that's ultimately where it's going to be. Donald Trump will just kind of fade away. Um, you know, the other thing is people keep worried about, running for president in 2024, I think that would be the absolute coolest thing he could do. If he could get the nomination, cool, because the Democrats will kick his ass. Uh, right. But if he decides to run as an independent, even better. 
weaken the Republican. That's like giving it to the Democrats. But people keep talking about this, and I just don't see him being in a position to run. He's going to get indicted for something, and that's going to preclude him from ever running for any office, likely. I mean, that's got to be first and foremost in the DOJ's mindset or Fonnie Willis is that we got to get him for something, but at the very least, we got to make sure he can't run for election again. And I got to think that's uh, on the table. I got, yeah, but Eugene Debs back in the 30s ran for president from prison. So, you know, (laughs) he could still do that. There's There's nothing that could keep you from doing it. But at the same time, I, my, 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 dream would be an independent candidacy for Donald Trump. I mean, that would automatically tamp, uh, torpedo the Republicans and and him. And the Democrat would walk in. We could put up anybody we wanted to. And they would just walk in, quite well, frankly. And, and pe- But people, Democrats particularly, are worried, well, if he runs, he could win and then we're fucked. No. Well, let's look. Let's look. He's only won one race technically, and that's 2016, but he lost the popular vote. He lost in 2018, that election he was tied to with the midterms there. Those midterms, yeah. He lost in 2020 by 7 million votes. And in 2022, his, his influence on the Republican Party cost them their red wave and any sense of power at all. Donald Trump has won one race in his life and has lost every fucking other one of them. He's not a he's not a strong candidate. He's not somebody that you want to fucking have on your side because he has no value. Exactly. So I, I think he's he's pretty much spent. And the other thing is, I don't think he'll be around. I don't either. In uh, in two years, I, I do think that he will just not make it physically. Uh, as as I do, I think you're going to see a big change in the political uh, landscape because I think we're going to lose several people. I think Chuck Grassley is iffy. I think uh, uh, McConnell yeah. is iffy. Yeah. Um, and there are others. Uh, simply, I've seen what happens to people in a couple of years when they get to be our age, and it's not pretty. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it can happen quickly, especially if you live on Big Macs and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Uh, well, well, there's another guy. There's a Democrat. What's his name? He just recently got sick. And he, you know, if you see him talk, he's a well-known Democrat, I think, in the House. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, the we've got a lot of old white guys in here. And yeah. two things are going to happen. They're going to die off or become incapacitated. And with the, with the, uh, um, with the millennials and the Gen Xers, there's going to be a natural, um, uh, what, do, what do they call it? Um, I want to say degradation, but that's not it. It's it's a these people are going to die off the the Gen Zs and the and and the transition. Millennials. Yeah. Well, yeah, tra- there'll be a transition, you know, and, or whatever, and that will change our politics completely. And thank God it for will. that. The young people yeah. will take over. And we old people <laughs> will just be sitting there going, well, back in our fucking day, we tried to try to mount a coup. <laughs> yeah. A new paradigm will emerge. Absolutely. Believe me, because there are certain, I don't know if you want to call them truths or something that it seems like our generation, and I include you in my generation, even though I'm a bit older, uh, that we hold, uh, even if we don't know that we have them, they're there. 
that the younger generation does not have. Right. And uh, it's like dial phones. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, uh, what was natural to us uh, is not natural to them. And we forget that, uh, that they have never known certain things that, that were just very instructive to us that uh, that we still hold dear, whether we know it or not. Those will change and we will scream about it like a stuck pig. But it's something that needs to happen. They, it's their world now, not ours. We're hanging on by our fingernails. And uh, the most that we should hope for is a nice, quiet retirement. And that's what I was hoping for. And it pisses me off that I still have to be engaged in this crap. <laughs> well, you know, I th- I, 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 I've told people that before. It's, it's nice to want to be rich and have famous and have all this stuff. But I got to tell you, there's a lot to be said for uh still doing things and keeping yourself active and keeping your mind active. Um, but uh, I watch, well, like I said, I went and saw this partner of mine. He's 61. I'm 62. And I'm watching him doing some of the stuff he I used to do. And I'm sitting in his office and he's bouncing around doing a call here, doing a video conference there, trying to package this shit up. He's got people working for him. And I'm going, wow, man, I'm just getting tired just watching you. It's not that I haven't done that kind of stuff, but I have no interest in doing it. I, I'm I'm perfectly happy just taking it easy, getting up when I get up, go to bed when I go to bed, and 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 getting out of the rat race uh, a little bit. And I said, when are you going to fucking retire? And uh, exactly. And he you doesn't know. know. I mean, he doesn't know. Only- and many people won't be able to. We're 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 quite lucky. You especially. You got uh, you got out young. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was uh, thinking about it the other morning. I'm making coffee, and I was thinking, geez, a few years ago, I'd have been at work for three hours already. Wow. I can't even <laughs> you know? imagine that. You know, because yeah. what what I do do, I put a fair amount of time into doing the TikToks and the podcasts and stuff like that. But it's all stuff I like to do. It's stuff right. I want to do. So it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. Granted, I don't make a lot of money doing it, but fortunately, with the way things worked out, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable and I don't really have to worry about it. Um, but these younger kids, they're coming into a world that's going to be totally different. I look at my granddaughter. She's two and a half years old. She was born in the middle of COVID. Yeah. She did, you know, for the first two years of her life, she didn't know a world without COVID, but what she's going to grow up into is so dramatically different than what we experienced. Uh, we can't even imagine what's going to be important or what's going to be working in our government or not working in our government by the time she comes of age. Yeah, well, I've uh, I've been working on this series I want to do either as TikTok or something like that about of the history that I've observed, because history is not in history books. I mean, right. that's what the, the winners get to write down. Right. And they leave out a lot of crap, you know. But I was there. I saw certain things, and I reacted to them. And these are just my reactions to things. And I, I've been working on that. And I, and I realize how much the world really has changed and how, uh, how the younger people could not even conceive of the world that I lived in when I was young. Uh, and um, how how great it was for some people and how awful it was for others and uh, uh, the, the different things, the way we do things differently now. Some are better, some are worse, but it, things change so much. And without that background, see, we lose that. 
it used to be that uh, the grandparents stayed in the in the house, you know, right. until till they died, and you had that resource. I know I did. I didn't have grandparents living with me, but I had access to them, and I had I heard their stories. And, and though I didn't live through the Great Depression, I experienced the Great Depression through my parents and grandparents. Same with World War II. Same with Korea. All these things. And then you know I came along for Sputnik and the Cold War in the '60s and the uh, uh, civil rights movement and the anti-war movement and and, and uh, how the music changed and all of that. You know, it it all comes together into something that uh, the next generation really can't understand, especially if they're two generations away. <laughs> you know, right. Maybe there's a little bleed over between, and even between me and you, there's probably some, and between me and my wife, because my wife's around your age. Right. So right. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's so much different there that, uh, that um, it's a wonder that we can even function <laughs> as well, a society because, well, they, because things change so rapidly now. One of the most valuable things I own, I don't use on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and it amazes me when I look back to my, I don't know, it was probably my 30s. It amazes me that I would have this much foresight. But in retrospect, I'm glad. I had a grandfather who I was very close to. In fact, we're similar in a lot of ways now as I get older. Uh, and when he was he was young, he was a similar personality to mine. Uh, but he was born in 1911. Okay. Yeah. He died in about 2003, so he was 92 years old. When he was just about 90, he was very sharp, good communicator. In fact, at one point, I think he wanted to be in radio, but he ended up being a printer. Uh, but I sat down with him for two hours, and I interviewed him. And I have the interview on a CD of all things, but um, I interviewed him. And What's the reason, that? <laughs> I, yeah, the reason I interviewed him was because uh, I wanted to get a sense of his take on various parts of history. Like you say, he was there during the Depression. He was there during World War II. He was in Minnesota. Now. Because he, the business he was in and he had two kids, he didn't serve in the military. My other grandfather did. I didn't do an interview with him and I wish I had because he was very entertaining. Uh, but, but I thought it would be interesting that, uh, a grandchild of mine, and I have one now, uh, would be able to listen to a great, great grandfather talk about times in history from a real perspective, how it affected them. And they could listen to somebody who's actually a blood relative to them. So I'm looking forward to that time to, 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 to give that to my granddaughter because she's a smart kid. I know that already at two. Um, And she, I think she's going to find it pretty intriguing to listen to, to him. I know when I've gone back to listen to it, even for me, it's, it's, Wow, that's eye-opening to hear little stories that happen in somebody's life at a time when we can't even comprehend. I mean, he tells one story how he's like three years old. He's standing outside his house. It's on Lindale Avenue in South Minneapolis, and uh, a fire, a fire brigade goes by. But it's not, <laughs> it's not a fucking truck. It's a horse and carriage, you know. So they're go- going by, and this little kid's going, oh, that's kind of cool. So he starts chasing it. And 
and of course it was different times. I, I, I can't even comprehend this, but they, my grandfather got lost. He got yeah. lost. Now he's on Lindale in about 36. He kept running after this thing and kept walking, kept walking. He's three or four years old. He's just a little kid. They ended up finding him at the corner of Washington Avenue and Hennepin Avenue. And it took like three hours wow. to found him. I mean, can you imagine that a kid getting that far, staying safe somehow, and then they're able yeah. to find him? I mean, it's just little stories like that 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 I find intriguing. Somebody like my granddaughter wouldn't even be able to comp or fucking hand that. It's yeah, like, it's the same with me. I mean, I used to listen to my grandfather talk about, I mean, he grew up in a time where if you farmed, you used mules. There were no tractors. Right. There were no, the, the mail came by horseback in a, to your, to your mailbox. And uh, there were no telephones. People communicated. You talked, you talked to people on the next farm by hollering. Right. Uh, right. And there was a technique that he used to call his cows that, that, um, you know, projecting your voice and so forth. And they actually communicated that way. And that that's just, it's mind boggling that this man who used to communicate by hollering at his neighbor was able to sit on a, te- on a sit and watch on television as a man landed on the moon. Right. You know, that was in his lifetime. He went from pioneer to space age in his lifetime. Exactly. And it's the same with my grandfather in 1911, there wasn't even really a lot of commercial radio. There was some, but if you were poor, you didn't have a fucking radio. And he went from the radio all the way to the internet. Mm-hmm. That had so so to me that seemed like an intriguing life that that you go from like you say a pioneer virtually to high end technology. It's fucking amazing, and I, I think it's important that we we know history. But I think it's even more important if you can know how family members, actually blood relatives, perceive that. Because like you say, you don't yeah. get it all in the history books. And and uh, we we could save a lot of trouble now if we, <laughs> if we just paid attention to history. We can go back to the 40s and have the same problems then as we do now. And uh, you'd think we would have learned something. Yeah, I, you know, the one thing I wish we had learned, and I think Biden even mentioned this and people went crazy, was some sort of truth commission or something, somebody to say, uh, this is real and this isn't. Yeah. You know, uh, either there is a uh, satanic cabal of blood drinking monsters who uh, kidnap children and they're running our government, or there isn't. Right. I mean, that should be fairly easy to do. You would and think yet so. We have we have Trump actually tweeting out these uh, these things now. These these Q inspired fantasies. Uh, we should be able to have someone. We once did. His name was Walter Cronkite, uh, and people would watch him every night, and they pretty much swore by what he said. Right. Uh, and David Hunt, David Brink, Huntley and Brinkley and a few others. Harry Reasoner. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no one now that has that kind of gravitas that we actually listen to them, uh, and and people who should like Fauci, for example, they're they're demonized by a certain group of people who don't like what they have to say. Uh, this is uh, really unfortunate, and it's probably not going to change. But uh, if there was one thing I could do, if I could wave a wand and say, 
uh, this has to happen. That would be it, that there would be some sort of uh, a truth commission who would investigate all of these things and say, well, no, this is bullshit. Well, this is bullshit. And, and, and when I was talking to this Trump humper the other day, I said, I said, the problem is we don't have real journalism now. It no longer exists. We basically yeah. have a, a buffet, an old country buffet of information, and you pick and choose what you want, and that's all you fucking know. And it's unfortunate yeah, because you can find it. You know, if you have an opinion, you can find plenty of stuff to back it up. All you have to do is go to the right uh, website or tune on the turn on the right channel. Right. So there'll be somebody there who agrees with you and tells you, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you don't like people of color or Jewish people or women, you can Google the fuck out of it and find a hundred million sites that support what you believe. Exactly. And just because it's on the internet, they, they get the feeling that it's got to be true. And something with that's got to change because the divisiveness in this country is because we are ill-informed. And until we are all better informed, uh, with real information as opposed to the information somebody wants to feed us, we're going to continue to be divided and it's not going to get better. Somebody will just come up with some new strategy or plan and they'll jump on board that fucking thing too. Donald Trump did what he did. That's going to fade away, but that doesn't preclude somebody else from coming along with some crazy shit too. I mean, Q, for example, QAnon, he, they were kept talking about the storm coming, meaning the midterms and all that stuff. Well, as so often is the case, well, in every case, QAnon has been wrong every step of the way. Everything Q says has been wrong, but yet these people still follow this this entity, whatever it is, uh, fervently. They believe everything that they're told, even though everything that they've been told has been wrong. Yeah, all along, and they never uh, they never learn. And it's the same with Trump. Everything he says is a lie, and it comes out that way, but yet they don't believe it. And I've even had people tell me, well, he didn't really say that, and I play them the tape. Well, that could have been edited. You know? Yeah, and it's doctored. Yeah, I had words with a local, uh, um, a guy who was, he doesn't anymore, but he was running the local newspaper. And I, and I asked him, why do you run this particular column? It was uh, the devil went down to Georgia. Who's that guy? The, the Charlie Daniels. Guy. Charlie Daniels. Yeah, Charlie Daniels. He actually had a newspaper column. Now, obviously, he didn't write it. He just put his name on it for some bucks, right? Right. And somebody wrote it. It was always right-wing bullshit, right? I said, why right. do you run that? Number one, most of it's false, and it always is. You know, it's uh, at best, it's tortured. But right. it's, it's usually just flat out false. So why do you run that? Well, I try to be, I, I want to be balanced. I also run, he mentioned another column that he ran. And I said, well, uh, but one of those, that other column you mentioned, that actually is true. <laughs> you know, what this guy is saying, everything he said in that column is 100% true. Whereas the Charlie Daniels one is 100% false. And you know it's false. Why are you running false stuff in your paper? Well, I'm just trying to be balanced. I said, that's not balanced. Find somebody who tells the truth. And if you can't, then you cannot run that. You've got to run the truth. He's not trying to be balanced. He's trying to sell more newspapers. Right, exactly. To the, to the people with the, the nutcases. I get this all the time, you know. I'll argue with a Trump 
Trump LaFuck and somebody will say to me, why can't you just see their side of the story? Well, because they're fucking wrong and dangerous. I'm all for compromise, but if you're wrong, I'm not compromising with you. No fucking way. We can compromise on ways of doing things. We can compromise on the amount we put into something or something like that, maybe. But we can't compromise. We can't compromise on the truth. It's either true or it's not. I can't and say they're, they're, I, you can't say, oh, well, you're lying. So, yeah, I'll give you that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, Mm-mm. no, uh, it's uh, I mean, if you think that white people are superior to black people, we got a problem because I know it's a lie and we can't compromise on that. Right. Ever. Exactly. We will not compromise on that. Sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> I get that shit all the time, even from my family. Why can't you just be nice and 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 see their side of the story? Because their side of the story is fucked up and it's dangerous and it's wrong. And I'll never see that side of the story. I mean, the problem is why we're in this position is because we give these people who say this crazy shit a certain amount of sway, you know? Well, we'll just let that go. That's just them. No, it's going to fucking ruin the country. You've got to straighten these dumb motherfuckers out. Yeah. Did you, have you seen the movie? Don't look up. Uh, no. Okay. I, oh, I no, recommend no. that you do. Actually I did. Yeah, you're right. I did. That's the Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Right. You know, the asteroids coming, you know, and anyway, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's too long and it's not as funny as it should be, but it's all right. Right. Yeah, yeah. But th- this, th- this is the thing you can't, there are certain things you just can't compromise on. Um, and, and climate change is one of them. Yeah. And we see what's happening and you can, you can lie about it all you want to, but you're not going to change anything and we're all going to die. So let's don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. Seems reasonable. But, but in that yeah. show, the, the media kept saying, Oh, okay. Yeah. The, 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 um, planet or the asteroids coming to the earth. But uh, what's the upside to that? You know, they, they, they wanted to soften it up. No, we're all going to fucking die. And people Mm -hmm. just don't want to believe the truth. They'd rather believe the bullshit. And unfortunately people ultimately end up paying the price. Now in that movie, everybody fucking died. (laughs) Spoiler alert. So, (laughs) So we don't want that to happen. See, that's a bad thing. Yeah, that's a bad thing. We don't want the whole world to cease to exist. All right. Well, we're 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 running late here. I appreciate yeah. you coming, Ed. Ed, I know you got other shit to do. Uh, I don't. I'm good. I'm wide open. <laughs> we could go another two hours. I'd be fine. But well, I know you, you know it's yeah yeah yeah. I gotta I gotta do some other stuff here. But you know it's like I've arrived at my the place in life where I can say. And I, I don't remember who said this, but I'm stealing it. You know, sometimes I said some things and sometimes it just sits. <laughs> yep. Me too. Me too. Me too. Well, Ed, thank you very much for coming in. For the folks listening, I appreciate you taking the time to do that and listen. I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.